This podcast is not a substitute for counseling therapy, nor is it a sermon or teaching production. It is intended for informational purposes only and is purely conversational. Some things are not better left unsaid. I'm your co-host, Ishan Burgundy. And I'm co-host, Dara Hairston. From relationships to religion, let's discuss taboo topics. Transparently. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Shoo. Are you singing in the still of the night? In the still of the night. Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to figure in, out in the still of the night. That was uh, who sung that? <laughs> All I remember is right before they killed it the four on times. Sister Act Two. In the still of the night. There you go. Oh, okay. And then Excuse boom, me. Excuse me. they hit, came in. Hit, hit that note again. No, because that wasn't a note. <laughs> that was a note. I think the four tops did that over real crazy. Uh-huh. But yeah, that's probably above. Everybody's head Because the four tops Yo but I downloaded this crazy album the other day This guy Eshawn Burgundy I don't know who he is Oh man you listen to that guy Yeah I know it's like all this stuff going on around him Like people actually doing YouTube videos Like calling him Mm. a black Hebrew Israelite And I watched his video And he never called himself that specifically Mm. But people are like going around saying these things And like that he doesn't believe the gospel anymore Mm. Even though his like new song Nothing but the blood, nothing, nothing but the blood. So I was just confused, but the album was dope. It's called Don't Shoot the Messenger. And it's like, it's that, you know, that white Jesus that they created that's not real. You know, like that's that idol. Right, right. That that the actual Bible tells you not to worship. Right. That they worship. Yeah. So people was mad that, you know, he got that image on his album with Uh, guns saying that's disrespectful. But I'm just saying, how disrespectful if it's an idol that y'all told us not to worship. I'm just saying, like, look it up. Mad people just been coming at him like crazy. But I think he a dope artist. So I downloaded the album, Don't Shoot the Messenger. And um, I I downloaded on my my kids' um, iPad because he that dope. Like, it's for the street, but my kids could actually listen to it, too. Oh really? Yeah, like oh, he can't. He up. just hit across the board, you know. Man, man, yeah, yeah, really I, I think I'm missing out. Then I gotta check him out. Yeah, you gotta check him out. Yeah. Is is he is he married though? Yeah, his wife on one of the tracks. Uh-huh. The track called um Fall Away. Really? Yeah, he her name I think is Dara Royalty. We got the same name, but it's Royalty on the end of her name. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, that's so sad. So, Cause she spit though. Yeah, she killed it. Really? Straight up. Yeah, I definitely gotta check that out. Yeah, man. I was husband like, and wife dope. team. Right On a record together Yeah Talking about They not falling away How right. people assuming they are And how I just pray for them Because mm-hmm. it's so Crazy how they're Being attacked Just for telling the truth And that's what Yashua said He was like yeah, Yo that's gonna happen When you tell the truth If you think they did this to me You know what I mean So that's yeah. another sign That I know like It's the truth Because it's he's being hated And he ain't saying nothing Like the people that's coming at him with spewing hate, he don't even talk back like that. He don't even talk with that level of hate in his throat. Mm. And they hating. That's wow. how they want to start Yeshua. It's like, what did he do? What y'all killing him for? Wow. Wow. Yeah, Yashua, Yashua he ain't say he ain't say a word. Yeah. He was quiet. So, I, I support brother E. Sean. Indeed. <laughs> I gotta yeah. check him out for real. That's, yeah. that's, that's for real. That's a fact, man. Yeah. 
But yeah, back to what we was talking about. And um, just so y'all know, in case somebody come on here, like, who is that? That's us, y'all. Eshawn Burgundy. So maybe pe- they know. People they might, know. It says Transparency, the podcast with Eshawn and Zara, Zara, not Burgundy. So nah. they might not know. You, babe, you hate know. when I clarify for people. Because I people don't be need clarity. They need to figure it out themselves, man. They need to stop depending on this other is, people to explain this stuff is for them why, and go research on This is own. why y'all made the woman. She's the helper of life. Yeah, you are. She helps very, very intricate provide understanding. To, so this is the balance of us. Yeah, yeah. So Very yeah, yeah, so. we, we talking about us, they, people coming at my husband, and y'all don't know how much it takes to just um, just turn it off and just you know like silence it out, and just go on with life and do life and do homeschool and continue doing what we do. Like it's not happening around yeah, us. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. So and thank you for y'all that do pray for us. It's crazy when you know the truth. Like you got the full picture, and yeah. people see part of the picture and yeah. swear they know the whole picture. Yeah. And it's just it's just wild to see some of the conversations that happen, like the videos they sh- that they that they're doing. I, I yeah. haven't watched. Uh, I think I watched one of them. Mm-hmm. I'd be telling um, you to stop but, watching but the rest trash. of them. I, I I haven't watched them, but I read a few of the comments, and I'm just like, yo, people are so deceived yeah. in their own in their own self within their own selves mm-hmm. to assume that you know what a person is saying, what a person is. What a person believes by just having a fraction of the information. Right. And you making a video. You know, they better be careful, man. Yeah. Bring a judgment on themselves. That's not my anointed. That word is true. But yeah, enough of that. Back to what we was talking about on the last episode. But hold up. Before we go on to that, I have something I needed to get off my chest. Get it off. So I was struggling today, y'all, and it helps me to heal, you know, behind the scenes. I don't always know what's going on, like we said. And I recently lost a friend and it feels like a death. It feel like mm. it feels like she died. I rebuked the spirit of physical death over her life, but it is hurting a lot. I've been like I had the nerve to be like, yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of over it. You know, all last week I kind of cried. I died. But, you know, it takes longer than a week. So I'm still working through the emotions of that. But I just wanted to. So what happened? Well, basically, you know, this is like, it's so hard to find a friend that you can just be you with when you have a platform or you're associated with someone who has a platform. Because all types of people come and they all want something and then you got to weed out who's opportunist, whether who really likes you, who's trying to be your friend because they want, you know, Ishan to endorse their music or their spouse's music or, you know, thinking you got something that they ain't got. It's just, it's a lot that comes with it. And we not even celebrities, but all you need is a blue check on Instagram like my husband got. And then in the eyes of people, you're somebody So a lot of people that don't live that life, they don't understand how hard it is to find genuine relationships. Right. And so this girl. You finally found it. I guess I I haven't talked to her to know this, but I'm assuming she had to choose that spouse because that spouse, what toxic mates will do a lot of times is they'll isolate you from people who really love you and care for you and see the truth about them. And that's what happened. I got iced out 
And I can't really fault her because, you know, she got to choose her family over me. But it still hurt because I lost her to somebody that is the toxic one. And then I was made to look like I'm to blame. Like I was a bad friend. Essentially harming Harming her. her, you know? And I really missed her. And, you know, my heart hurts for her because I hate to see any woman in a toxic relationship and an emotionally abusive relationship. And it is so close to my heart and dear to my heart because that was me and a lot of my upbringing and a lot of my college years and my dating years and even in the beginning of our marriage. So whenever I meet a woman like that, it's. It's so I'm so passionate about right. that healing for her. Right. Um, so what was it like? Tell me what was it like being in a friendship with somebody that's like suffocating in front of you? I was suffocating with her because when you are a real friend and you really love that person, whatever happens to them is happening to you. Mm. And I told her that one time I said, look. Cause she would always say, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. And I I would be like, but you're not okay. One, I have a background in counseling. So I, I see the signs. Two, I've experienced what you're experiencing. Yeah. So I'm like, you're telling me that to help me feel better. And I used this analogy before, like, yo, I you're asking me to hear you get beat up upstairs. He wasn't physically abusing her. It wasn't physical that I know of. But Here it's like hearing you get physically beat up upstairs and then you come downstairs and I'm supposed to just sit there and say, all right, girl, let's go have lunch. Mm. No, I'm going upstairs and we could tag team him straight up today because don't know man need to be putting it. But people think because it's not physical that it's not abuse. Right. And that's not true. And so I basically told her one day, like, look, this is hard for me to, to watch you just go through this and not say nothing or do nothing. Yeah, of course. But I had to shut my feelings down and just be there for her. And you know, I came to you about that. Like, I'm struggling because this is starting to become toxic for me. Yeah, very much so. But then I I prayed about it and, you know, I feel as though I was led to just be a support for her. Like, it takes people a long time to leave an abusive marriage, especially if they don't think it's abuse. Right. Because it's no physical injury. They don't realize spiritual and emotional is worse than physical. Because physical yeah. will heal up pretty quick. You can't see it. But emotional and spiritual last way longer than physical. Right. So it's actually more dangerous. Let me ask you something though. What 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 was some of the what was some of the delusion that you think she she suffered in that? Like what because from from my understanding, she thought she was doing something admirable. And that's the thing that broke my heart is a lot of Christian women are taught that that is the equivalent of submission. And what is? What is? Enduring abuse. Right. Suffering abuse. Right. And I mean, he not putting his hands on me. He not cheating. So I don't have a right to complain. Transparency, the podcast with Ishan and Zara. Visit transparencythepodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at transparencythepodcast for more information plus recent updates. Some believe even if he was putting a hand. Yeah, right? some, but some, yeah, some believe even if he is beating me up. Mm. This is what submission looks like. And um, that was the delusion, thinking that it was her fault that she wasn't doing enough. And nothing warrants you being abused. Nothing at all. 
So sometimes when you're in a relationship that is toxic, emotionally abusive, and he was spiritually abusing her too because he would use the word to keep her bound and manipulate her. And when that happens, sometimes the separation is necessary. We don't got to jump right to divorce. Right. Y'all can do all things, including salvage a relationship that you feel can never be healthy. He did it for us. Yes, that's right. So I know that he can do it. But people think that me and you came here without a lot of boundary setting for me. I separated from you. Yeah. A few times just to send the message to you like this has to stop. Yeah. And so a lot of times you're not going to be able to live with the person that's abusing you and he change. It depends on where he at. You know, sometimes you don't always have to separate, but sometimes a separation to save your marriage is necessary. And separation doesn't always mean divorce is next. Sometimes separation is actually the thing that is needed to make the marriage better. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. So, and and, and, and y'all listen out there, you know, don't think that we're suggesting separation before anything else is done. No, we're not saying that suggestion. We're just saying it should never be just taken off the table completely because you think it's not um godly. It's not it's godly. It's not godly. Right. So you 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 you've been told and convinced that, you know, if you do that, then you know, it's a sin and you know. Look, if you're separating to save your marriage, that's not a sin. If right. you're separating to renew a standard that you haven't set to incorporate boundaries, some some people only learn by that level of accountability. Some people just don't because if if you're coming home all the time, you're still making dinner, you're still cooking, you're still having sex with them, you still do what 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 motive do I have to change? Everything is the same. Sometimes a shift in that everyday activity needs to change. You need to see, like, do they even miss you in a separation? Or or, or, they, or are they just, like, codependent on you? Right. Like, there's a number of things. Right. And, of course, you know, you have to be prepared when you leave. You have to have a plan. You can't just jump up and leave. And it's, 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 um, you definitely want to be led by y'all in your decision making. Yeah. And you want to do that with anything in life. Right. But I've talked to brothers who have lost their families mm-hmm. and, and they didn't even know right, that had, it was coming had no clue had and no it clue. wasn't they no separation oblivious. she left they were divorced. oblivious to the problems and the issues how severe they mm-hmm. were and they didn't wake up until she yeah. was gone yeah you know and so i mean me personally you yeah. know it happened to me well you know you mm. know i came home one day and her and the kids were gone and it was a message on the television for me <laughs> saying that I did this. And, you know, immediately I was filled with anger. But after a while, it just started to settle in. And I started to be reminded of the things that I should have done that I refused to do. The things I could have done, but I chose not to. And this is the thing. A good woman is usually giving you a number of warnings that are direct, indirect and direct. Hey, I'm hurting. Hey, I'm sleeping a lot. Hey, I'm crying a lot. Hey, we're arguing a lot. Hey, I don't understand. You know, directly telling you or indirectly with her behavior. 
and you you just dismiss, 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 dismiss. What is she supposed to do? Just keep enduring that abuse. And I'm not saying that there is not, you know, love is long suffering. It is. So a lot of times, like before I got to that point with you, I was long suffering. Yeah. You know what I mean? Years. And then you get to a point where you got to love yourself because y'all want you to love yourself. No, we sh- we not, we marriage is not about enduring abuse and submission does not equate to abuse. But anyway, you said, um, you know, you woke up the message on the TV and stuff like that. And then that caused you to look at what you weren't doing because yeah. you didn't see it when I was telling you directly and indirectly as clear as when I was gone. Right. Because for a lot of a lot of guys or I know for me myself, I can't speak for all the guys, of course, mm-hmm. but I know for guys in general, especially me, myself, you, you you're just oblivious to things. Because you, we can be, I know me personally, I can be self-centered. Meaning, I'm just thinking about me, how something is affecting me, what I need to be doing, what I need to do, and, and what my wife and my children, what's going on with them. A lot of times, that's not in the past, you know what I mean? It's not my priority. What was that? Priority. It's not my priority. It's not my focus. Mm-hmm. You know, because men, we tend to just go into provider mode and whatever it takes to provide, to keep the lights on, to keep the bills paid, to keep food on the table, that becomes the priority for us and we can't see anything outside of that. That becomes the the main priority and everything else is secondary. And especially for a person like me who has suffered a lot of trauma in his life, and one of those things being being broke, being poor, living in the ghetto, not having anything, and growing up, saying to yourself, well, you know, that's never going to be the case for my family. Like, my wife, my children are never going to go through what I went through as a kid, what my family went through as a kid. And so you can you can move and live out of your trauma, and, and it's just that's never a good thing. And that's a great point because I think a lot of women, because the woman is designed to help the man, we discern that a lot of times. And so a lot of times we'll suffer longer than we should because we have that backdrop and that understanding of what you went through. Right. So we we kind of give you a pass. It's like, I felt bad. He don't know no better. But then, you know, you have to come to a place in loving your own soul where you say, you know, loving you does not mean that I don't hold you accountable to your healing. And it's hard when a man doesn't really, you know, recognize his trauma or think that he can heal or even want to heal. And you're designed to help him do it. Like your whole purpose and God's design for the woman is said that she was there to help the man. Right. And then it's like, you're not letting me help you. You're rejecting. You're rejecting me. That starts to wear and tear on a woman. And so you come to a point where you got to realize, okay, he's not going to change. He's not going to do anything. I have to give him the incentive to change. Um, 
and that's a part of it. Like that's a part of the growth. Mm-hmm. Many men will look at a woman like she's being, um, like yeah, she's yeah. not submitting. Right. She's not right. loving you. She's not respecting right. you. But that's because she's holding you accountable. That's because she's doing what God designed he, her to do. Indeed. He designed her to hold you accountable, to put back in your face what you deny. Yeah. To put to to bring you into remembrance of your role, of your responsibility, what you said you would do, your vows even. Yeah. And so uh, for a lot of men, that's hard. You know, like I said, for me, it's hard to hear what I'm supposed to be doing when in my mind, I already have made up what I'm supposed to be doing right now in this moment because I got to get what I need to get for the family. Yeah. So don't be bringing up what I said when we was in a different place, when we was in a better situation, maybe financially. You know, I don't want to hear what I said then because right now I'm under pressure. Right Mm -hmm. now I'm under the gun. Wait, we realized something. Some of y'all don't know who we are. So we thought we'd introduce ourselves. Salute, I'm Ishan, a rapper, producer, and filmmaker. I've hit Billboard a few times, and collectively I have over a million YouTube views. Hey, I'm Zara, a published author, teacher, faith-based counselor, and certified life coach. We've been married since 2007, and through Transparency, the podcast, we let you in on some of our very transparent conversations. Yeah, it's like you're eavesdropping in on a conversation we're having in our living room. But not just any conversation. Conversation, one so transparent that y'all just might use it to help you transform your personal, marital, and or spiritual life. So subscribe on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, YouTube, and more. Visit transparencythepodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at transparencythepodcast for more information plus recent updates. You know, so in my mind, I'm making a decision you know, sometimes it's a drastic decision, nothing illegal, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing crazy like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, feeling like I have to put certain energies in certain places so that I can make sure that we have what we need. But here you are requiring of me mm-hmm. what a husband is supposed to do right now, right. what a father is supposed to do, what a leader is supposed to do. And in my mind, I'm thinking like a hustler. Right. I'm thinking like, I'm thinking like my back is against the wall. I got to make a move. And rejecting the help that y'all gave you to get out of the very thing you're trying to do on your own, in your own strength. Negating that in order to do what I feel would help, even though my trust, my faith, my dependency is supposed to be in the Messiah, in in the Most High. Realizing that he's going to provide. If I seek him first, all these other things will be added unto me. But me and my trauma-filled mind Mm -hmm. is thinking I need to do all of these different things to somehow rescue my family out of this pit. When that's a promise that he has made to do for me when I depend and trust on him alone. And that's what our wives be coming to try to remind us of. I was trying to find this thing I put up in my IG stories, but I can't find it. But it was basically a quote and it was saying, basically saying, you know, King, don't don't perceive your queen's contribution as trying to dominate you like her. Her job is to help you. That's it. 
So it's like anytime I'm coming to you, a godly wife that is, because not every woman, you know, is coming with godly wisdom. But a godly wife is like, I'm trying to help this whole household. You're just trying to help yourself. You know what I mean? And that's what my book, Dying to Submit It, is pretty much about, is just leading the woman to see, like, look, these decisions... I don't want to give it away. I'm about to tell the end of the book. (laughs) But anyway, that also is a great segue into where we left off on episode 11, part one of Court Washing Porn, is I was saying how it started to make sense. I didn't know at that moment, but later on that if you have this unhealthy appetite for porn and that is kind of like where you're feeding things that you feel you need, why we can't develop intimacy. And a lot of times it's a lot of women feel like my husband is so insensitive, like, dang, he's just so insensitive. And a lot of times it comes from watching pornography because where do you see intimacy in these videos? You don't see it. It, 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 It doesn't exist. And if you're learning how to be with the woman through that, And I remember earlier on when we would be, you know, having talks about intimacy, like you, you know, you, you, it's just like, it's no sensitivity. Like, you know, we're, where's Rob Trasman when you knew him? (laughs) (laughs) It was just so cold. It was so like, you know, and, and that's just how the pornography videos are. Yeah. And so a lot of women are like, why won't he love me? You Mm. know, Put some sensitivity, some intimacy. Why do I feel like I can't get close? He might be not just struggling with the trauma that happened somewhere along the line in his life, but watching pornography yeah. will keep him from connecting with you. Yeah. Because psychologically, why, it starts to mess with your brain, right. which then merges with your behaviors. Right. That's why pornography is so popular, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's because it literally caters to a man's desires. And talk man, about that. A, How does it cater to your desire? <clears throat> a male's, a male's desire. Okay, I'm gl- okay. So you changed the word. Not a man. Right. A I'm males, glad you. I'm glad you said that. A male's desire. So how though? A male desires for a woman to want sex just as much as he does. Mm-hmm. A male desires for a woman to. Please him and her life should revolve around him. Right. And and she, in every it, way, including right, sexually. Right. And when it comes to sex, whatever he desires, she, she should, should do be it. willing to do it. And, and so not ask he, any questions. So not, nothing is about her in this act. It's never about her. No consideration for her? None? Nope. So no. what is she there? She's just there for what? To she's there to please. The man. And that's it. That's it. Now, what's the difference between a male that you just talked about and then a godly man? A godly what have man. you learned? So what I've learned with that is a godly man wants wants pleasure for the both mm-hmm. of for both people when it comes to intimacy like mm-hmm. that. It's not a me, me, me thing. It's a us together thing. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a we thing. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's a communication of two bodies mm-hmm. intimately, mm-hmm. not just what I need. Thank just you. Just what I need. Yeah, that whole 
So what do you feel about men who say that when their wife doesn't have sex with them, they are not being submissive because the scripture says that the body belongs to me? I think there's a responsibility on that man to put your wife in a place where she wants to yeah. be intimate with you and not, and she's not doing it out of routine. Right. You know, or um, manipulation. Or manipulation. Or spiritual abuse. You or owe spiritual me this. abuse. Because real love wants you to enjoy it too, I would think. I, man, yo, <laughs> I have no clue. And I've heard stories of men who have been with women and the woman is not into it. Yeah. And in borderlines, like it's, it's like, like rape. rape. Yeah, that's what it is. I have no clue. It's nothing in me that can reason or make that make sense. Yeah. Now, How if she's just could, not in a mood, but it's like, okay, go ahead, babe. But if she just doesn't want to do yeah, it. Yeah, because if it's like that, we still don't want a cord. But yeah. if she doesn't want to do it. She doesn't want to, and she feels and tricked fight. and manipulated and guilted and shamed into doing it, that is the equivalent of how a rapist does Straight a up. woman. That's wicked. Same thing like we talked about earlier. Yeah, I'm not physically abusing you, so it's not that bad. Hmm. And that's the manipulation because emotional and spiritual can actually be worse. It's a fact. Same thing with this situation. I mean, I'm not holding you down. I didn't drug you. But the mind games that you're playing, the guilt trip that you're laying on her, that's what rapists do. Yeah. So how are you different? Anyway, you talked about how a male, this is what they want. This is what they do. And we talked about how, you know, it's hard. How are you going to connect with your wife? If a man is struggling from a porn addiction or an unhealthy appetite with porn or just just having an appetite for it is unhealthy. Right. Not one video a year doesn't mean, oh, it's not healthy. There's no sense. No, there's no such thing as a healthy appetite for porn. Straight up. But just so, like you said last time, like that's a production. Right. And we talk about like you, 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 you be making jokes. You always laughing at me when I say. I'm watching, about to watch a program on TV. Because <laughs> <laughs> she sounds like an old man. But I've, I've, you want to watch this program with me, right, baby? Right. It, it sounds old, but I started saying that more mm-hmm. because it helps me realize what it is. Yeah, true. As opposed to just calling a TV. It's mm-hmm. like we talked about before when it comes to eating meat and all that. Like they got to dress it up. Right. They got to make it into Season a hamburger. For you to look at it and desire it. But Mm -hmm. if you look, see it for what it really is, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to have an appetite for it as you would seeing it all dressed up and cooked. So when it comes to, you know, television, if I just say TV, movie, you know, and all of that, I just, I I took the sting out of it. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the pornography, it literally, it's a program. Mm -hmm. It programs you Mm -hmm. to think a certain way, to behave Mm -hmm. a certain way. Mm -hmm. I think because... Um, pornography has become so accessible. Mm-hmm. Everybody can get their hands on it at any at any moment mm-hmm. of the day, at any place, wherever you find yourself. If you at work, you can dip into the bathroom and pull up, you know, pu- pull it up on your phone. You know, kids in school can be sitting in the classroom and just you know pull their phone out and be looking at that right under the desk. You know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 just fully accessible, no matter where you are. I think that contributes to the mindset and the thinking of, you know, people in our communities today, in our society today, when you're being programmed to think that way. Like, you know, like I I mentioned before, um, serial killers, extremely violent people have confessed 
to having an addiction to pornography. It's a beast. Mm-hmm. It's a monster. Mm-hmm. It's a devil. It's a it's it's a it's an animal. And it'll tear you to pieces mm-hmm. if you allow it to. What are some ways you think it does that? By the mentality it gives. I mean, whatever demons come along with it, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know um, the intricacies of that. Like, I can't name every demon that's probably associated with it. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can come up with something with, with a few. But just on a surface level, it makes you think that a woman is an object for your personal, physical, for you to... Dominate? Dominate, but it's like Con- uh, pleasure, conquer? like like just, just yeah, for, for you to conquer and just like give you physical pleasure. That's mm-hmm. it. That's her only role. Mm-hmm. When she steps out of that role, you don't want nothing to do with her. Yeah. You know, I'm reading um, Absalom's brother, I forget his name, when he desired his sister mm-hmm. and then he went and committed that heinous act Mm-hmm. With his sister mm-hmm. and then Tamar and then was like, All right, now leave. Yeah. Get out of here. He he yeah. violated her. Mm-hmm. Violated Yah. Mm-hmm. And then took her virginity. Yeah. And then was like, get out. Now get out of here. It was like it's, it's the all same that desire ex- for her right. before he got right. it. All that love for her, and all that passion. It's like that in marriage. It's just all this, oh baby, yeah, I love I'm about to get you t-. And then when you get it, it's like, thank you. Hey, enjoying this free podcast? Want to support your hosts? Go to transparencythepodcast.com slash support to find out how. Sometimes not even a thank you. Yeah. Just, you know, roll over. Roll over. Yeah. And then people think that that's not demonic, like in marriage and think as a woman, you're supposed to submit to that. Right. Because for, for a man, I know for me personally, when I used to think like that, my God was the orgasm. Mm-hmm. That was it. That's all I did it for. It was the orgasm. Once I had that, Clarify, what do you mean by the orgasm? Your orgasm? My orgasm. Once I had that, the woman was... Useless. Useless. Mm. And that's a lot of of rappers talk about that. Mm. A lot of people talk like that these days. Same thing with, you know, Absalom's brother, how he felt. All right, you can leave now. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. They don't understand that that orgasm, that right there is your God. That's what you're worshiping Mm. and you're using these women Mm. to get it. And Mm. you don't love them. You don't care about Mm. them. You have no feelings for them whatsoever Mm. other than what you got to pretend to have in order to get what you want. Once you get that, you care less. Once you get that, then you call in an Uber. Like they say, you know what I mean, in some of these rap songs, and you getting her out of there. She can't spend a night. Man, that ain't even just in the dating world. That's in marriage. Right. I've talked to a number of, unfortunately, I've talked to too many women, wives, who have told me that same story. Wow. That their, their husband is a different, you know, different behaviors after sex than right before it. Wow. Turns right over. No, no hugging, no cuddling. No, you know, don't even like get you warmed up to the to the spot. It's like the Bible said your body is mine. Give it you give me some right now. What mm. kind of what how does that make me want to give you anything? Right. Like a barbarian. And the fact that you don't even care to 
you know, nourish me into a place where I'm just falling all out for you. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's so selfish. And so, you know, what you're talking about, everything that you talked about, and, you know, part one, we talked about, you know, okay, we, we come to this realization. And at that time, you know, you said it was an addiction. I thought it was an addiction. At the end of the day, whether it's an un- addiction or unhealthy appetite, it is dangerous to your marriage. Whether you're married, and it's just dangerous to your life, period, to so. be watching that stuff. A healthy appetite is zero of it. And so you had way more than zero. So where did we go from there? Let's talk about, you know, once I found out, um, where do we go from there? How do you think we kind of, cause we didn't go to counseling over that issue. I told you that night, you need to go get some counseling, addiction counseling. Cause right. I'm not staying in this marriage doing this. And you were like, kind of what well, we about to move. So when we move, you yeah. know, and yeah. then when we moved to another state, we never looked into it. But one thing that you did do was say, look, I'm allowing you to hold me accountable. You can ask me at any time. If I'm watching it and I'll tell you the truth. Not only that. sometimes I would ask you and you would actually say, yeah, you would tell me the truth. And it would burn and it would sting and it would hurt. And we would talk, well, why? Is it, do you feel like I wasn't giving you what you needed? Do you feel like what is going on? And we kind of worked through that ourselves. But go ahead, I'm sorry, what was you supposed to say? No, I was saying that another thing we did too, you know, I don't know if we did that a couple years later or if it was in me, I'm not sure. I think I feel like it was early on when we just we started sharing passwords for everything. Oh yeah, we changed our passwords to the same password. Right. So all of your devices, my devices was the same one password. And so now, you know, since since then, you know, it's it's just been a case where, you know, you have access to my computer, you have access to my phone anytime you want. Like, and more importantly, I had access to you, like that's to true. your. That's heart true. into your truth like That's hey true. what's going on with you tell yeah. me the truth you yeah. know what i mean now yeah. as time passed i think and again this is why we we came to the discovery on part one why it was a little bit easier for you to get over that hump um with you know the porn um but we never really circle back on it it was just kind of like it came to a point where every time i asked you you said no and the, those times got closer and closer. It was no, 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 no. And I was like, okay, I guess we over this. Um, but people that have a real addiction, that's not going to be enough for them. Right. Um, so we're not talking about if you have a, an addiction to the point where it's robbing you of your relationships and your life and your money and your finances, you got to talk to an addiction counselor or specialist. Like type yeah, up you your really zip should. code and put porn addiction uh help or something like that watch the keywords you use because then they'd be bringing up porn for you to watch and you trying to get help but um Mm. we're talking to to people right now that have an unhealthy appetite which is watching it at any time that's unhealthy especially if you're married and it's affecting your marriage it's affecting your intimacy with your wife whether you want to admit that or not it is preventing you from connecting and becoming one with your wife that idol that my husband talked about in that orgasm, that selfish orgasm is coming in between y'all. You cannot love her the right way if you have that God. Absolutely. And let's, let's, let's take a minute and talk about what love is. Mm -hmm. You feel like your wife's, it's your, it's your wife's responsibility 
to please you in that way, mm-hmm. even when she doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're making that demand on her based on what you believe her responsibility is in the marriage. Mm-hmm. And some men will hold that, you know, hold the faith against their wife. You know yeah. what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Forget all the but other yet, scriptures about how she's supposed to hold right. you accountable. Though, but on this one, I'm going to hold you to that one. Right. And so the word also says that we are supposed to, husbands, we are supposed to love our wives. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not loving your wife, how are you going to make a demand on her? Right. If you're not holding up your end of the bar, or you're, you know, carrying out your what you're responsible for. Right. And a few lines of what love is in 1 Corinthians 13. I'm going to just go with NIV. It's the first one that came up. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and have all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Now it gets to the part where it describes what love is. And it says love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not self-seeking, mm-hmm. it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. And love, love does not a lot of delight times the first- evil thing that men do when you won't give them some. Right. I've, I've heard this from a few wives. He gets angry and then the record of wrongs start coming out. Yep. yep. It's crazy. Yep. yep. Let me finish this. It says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. You should be rejoicing in the truth. If you struggle, this is where you struggle. Mm-hmm. If you struggle in this area where you feel angered, by what you feel like your wife is not doing and what she should be doing, how she should be doing, how she should be responding to you, how she should be respecting you and meeting all your needs. You should be rejoicing in the truth of your own responsibility mm-hmm. and the fact that you can't treat her like she's just a servant of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, here, here's what else it says about love. It always protects. Mm-hmm. Always trusts. Always hopes. Can I interject Always perseveres. That's it. It's so funny that you would bring highlight those parts of the scripture because before we work through that that appetite you have for pornography, you never really We want to give a special thank you to our monthly patrons. We appreciate you showing support. If you're not a monthly patron and want exclusive perks like an IG follow, private video sessions, and more, consider becoming a monthly patron. Just go to transparencythepodcast.com slash support. You always cared about me being sexually abused as a child from a conversational standpoint. But from a sexual standpoint, it's not something that even really went across your mind. Once you started to kind of like work through that, you would be like, because I remember one time I had a flashback while we were being intimate and I was like, can you just get off me for a minute? You like, whoa, what's going on? I'm like, just just like one minute. Just give me a minute. Because sometimes I would have flashbacks earlier on 
um, from when I was molested. And I just, I needed you to just get off of me. Right. I don't care what that means for you. I got to stop. And you never pressured me. You never guilted me. You never was like, yo, you just left me out there with unfinished business. And then when that happened, you will always be like real delicate. And I'll be like, baby, it's okay. Like, I'm all right. And you're like, you sure? Because I don't want to. That's the protection of it. Like, I don't want you to feel like I'm violating you. Right. You know what I mean? I don't want you to, I don't want this to be something that, you know, you're not enjoying too. And so when you were watching porn heavily, you never, that never even crossed your mind to consider that, that when a, when a woman has been abused, molested as a, a little girl, she's going to have some sexual triggers. Right. You know, which I did. And I believe that I don't have them anymore, like zero, Hallelujah. because you kind of walked with me through that. You know what I mean? Like you loved me through that by healing your own deficiency, I would say, in that area to where you could see, whoa, I have to love her a little bit differently physically because of what has happened to her. And that's what love will do. But if it's Absolutely. all about you, how do you even care to stop and figure out how to physically love her the right way, especially right. if she's been abused in some way? Right. right. So that's crazy that you would bring that up because, yo, I don't know when the last time I had a trigger while being intimate to where it was like flashback. Because I would have them a lot. Like I would be right in that room and I would see that curtain on the wall. It was nighttime when the first, one of the first times it happened and it was a curtain and it was blue it was like a blue light on that curtain. Mm. And it wasn't a real curtain. It was a sheet. Mm. And that sheet was hanging up, acting like a curtain. I just remember looking at that while it was happening. Wow. And so that hap that used to happen to me sometimes when we were intimate, I would flash back to that and I would feel like that little girl and wow. I didn't know what to do. And, I, and it, you know, because it, it's dark, I, you know, I can't really see your face because it's me and you. And, it, you know, you got the white shirt and the dark face and I'm back there. Wow. And so... um. You started to all. <laughs> you started to always be like, "You okay? You all right? You should." I'm like, "Baby, if you don't just okay, like I'm okay." <laughs> but you know, I love you for loving me enough to be sensitive and never forcing that or pressuring me through that, or just like the times where I, maybe I didn't want to, and it wasn't like a thing where you know it's like, "Yo, you you need to satisfy me." It wasn't that you love me through that, so right. I love you for that. Right. I love you too, baby. And and I, I don't just want to rush past that because that's that's huge. And you you never told me that before, so I did tell you not to this extent. What that like, I have? I don't have triggers anymore. Yeah, that, yeah, because it's been so long. I didn't even realize I didn't have them until yeah, we had this discussion. That's wonderful to hear, yeah, for right? real. But another thing is when when it talks about love, it says. Love does not delight in evil. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that I, when I talk about this issue um, to other people, I'm always, you know, telling people the way I believe I was, I was able to overcome my desire for watching pornography was looking at it through Yah's eyes. Right. Looking mm. at it for what it was and not, because for me, it was a... It was something that I enjoyed. Right. It was never anything disgusting. Disgusting to right. me. Even though right. people would hear, "Oh, you what?" But for me, it was it was a 
something that made me feel good, something mm. that I enjoyed, something that I would go to when I had a bad day or even when I didn't have a bad day. It was just it was just something that brought me relief. You know, it it just it just was good to see. Mm. It made me feel good. Wow. Crazy. So when people gave it this uh, negative I feel like people were giving it a bad rap. Like and I wow, understand it's bad, you, you know. Yeah. You know because in me, like you know, when yeah. something's wrong. Like even when I was a little kid, when I mm-hmm. saw it for the first time, I knew it was wrong. You mm-hmm. know, and I had never seen it before. Mm-hmm. So I think you got this innate thing in you that knows it's wrong, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you feel like it's wrong, but it makes me feel good. So mm-hmm. you kind of disqualify the wrong mm-hmm. and accept the right in it. Yeah. You know, you eat the meat. Spit out the bones. Oh, <laughs> it's that kind of thing, that kind of mentality that I had with it, and so which is the mentality that I really can't stand. Right, I want boneless. Right, I boneless. want no bones. Right, straight but, up. But um, and so when I when I talk to people about it and had this conversation, I say, yo, you really have to see it through y'all's eyes, and he, and it's something that he hates. Mm-hmm. It's sin. Yeah. It's disgusting to him. Right. And we're supposed to look at sin the way he looks at it. Then it becomes disgusting, right? Right. right Does right. it? I would hope it would. Right. I guess some people probably like, well. When you see it for what, I mean, it, it, it's sin. It's fornication and it's sin. And it's something that Yah loathes and hates. And so when you look at it from that perspective, it will help you to hate it and loathe it yourself and not take pleasure in something that you know God hates. He hates. And so it also says in here, it said, love does not delight in evil. Mm -hmm. And so when you're watching pornography, you are delighting Delighting in evil. evil. You are finding delight. You're finding pleasure Mm -hmm. in something that's sinful, something that's wicked, and something that's inherently evil. And that should scare you. So that's what scared me. Dang, you said that. You looked at that like. I mean, it's a drop fact. the mic. It's a fact. That's what scares story. me to this day. This why I don't double back mm-hmm. because I'm. I can't lie and say that I don't have Temptations good good urges? feelings, mm-hmm. like a feeling mm-hmm. when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. That's there, like you know, it was a part of my life since I was a kid. And And I I wanted to say that too. What I love though is, you know, how in part one of this conversation, you were thinking it was an addiction and we had to kind of work through like, no, that this was an unhealthy appetite. I love the fact that you took it so seriously that you knew it was so bad that you felt it was an addiction, that it was an addiction. Right. Like that speaks volumes to me that you would know something that you would feel is so bad that you would. It's extreme to you. You know what I mean? Right. So um, speaking of that and then you saying how, you know, it's evil. And when you look at it, you're delighting in evil. And I know that you said that's what helps you today. But what are some practical things you do besides just remembering that when you see stuff come up online that might try to tempt you or certain pictures? Like, how do you how do you deal with that? Yeah, well, I have to always just keep in mind, again, like I just said a minute ago, how Yah sees that, Mm -hmm. how he looks at it. Mm -hmm. And I also got to keep in mind that 
the enemy is always plotting and is always seeking somebody that he can devour. And he puts these images in front of you, in front of me, in front of men and and, and many women out there to tempt you and to lure you away into that dark place where now you're watching pornography. Now, you know, everything that comes along with watching pornography is now waiting at your doorstep, like yeah. y'all told, told, told Cain, sin is waiting at your doorstep. Like, it's right there. Don't give in to it. Mm. It's like, that's what you do. When you start playing around with one thing, it leads to another. It leads to another. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, you like these serial killers out here and have no clue why you're murdering people. And speaking of that, how it causes you to start to dabble and delve into things that you never thought you would never do. Never thought. What do you think? Deep, dark, wicked, spiritual things. You open yourself up to demons. Yeah. Participating in stuff like that. Go yeah. Ahead. How, and this will be the last thing we tackle on this because we got to wrap it up. But how do you think that changed your your the physical intimacy in your marriage once you started to like navigate away from indulging in that did what difference did you experience or see or was it any that you recognized would i like to be intimate with my wife uh every day (laughs) yeah i I would i honestly i would but do i have to be i don't i don't and so so it becomes something that i'm not fighting for i'm not aggressively pursuing an orgasm Mm -hmm. like i was when i was watching pornography you know what I'm saying? And, and how so, do you think that's tied to masturbation then? Because do you think you masturbate more when you are indulging in porn? Like, yeah. Do you you have to masturbate when you watch it, or you could just watch it without masturbating? I've always had to masturbate when I watched it. Okay, could sir. Never just... Okay, sir. Now this is a problem because you said you were watching it at work, so you was masturbating at work. Yes, I baby. Was. Please stop telling me that is you. You did not do that at work. I did. Yeah, in the bathroom. So you washed it and then went to the bathroom? Yeah. Are you sick? Yeah, I did. So that's something you have. So that's the point of watching porn is yeah, for you to. That's it. You, 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 as a man watching that, you are the man in the video. You become wow. the man in the video. That's you. Wow. That woman is doing that to you. That's how you. Wow. That's how, you know, that's how it works. You know what I'm saying? Wow. I You're not watching two people do something. You are that person. You are that man. Mm. And so you can't end the video without you doing what that man is going to do when he, you know, at the end of it. So, yeah. So what was the change then? Because, you know, I know that you struggled with masturbation after that for a while. Like after the porn thing went away, then it was the masturbation struggle yeah. that I didn't know you had. And I'm like... Yeah. What is going on? And then you hit me with it. That's not a sin. And you, you still don't think it's a sin. Well, <laughs> well, I, I, whenever I would do that, I thought of me. It was okay because I thought you were of thinking you. of your wife. Yeah. Because I didn't have any. I was having sexual thoughts about another woman. Mm. I wasn't having lustful thoughts about mm. another woman. I was mm. thinking about my wife. So when it came to you know, you know when Christ says, if you even have a thought like mm-hmm. that about a woman that's not your wife, that's adultery. Right. So I had thoughts like that, but it, mm-hmm. it was it was my wife. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I found 
that what made that the what what made the um masturbation thing an issue was watching the porn mm. or looking at photos but then it increased not, when that, you that's when it happens the porn, that's when it increased no but it it because the no not, not necessarily no oh i just um, didn't know it was as often as it was happening yeah oh but okay. but um that becomes when lust and sensuality is mm-hmm. your focus mm-hmm. that's on the table when i would have temptations strong temptations it would be when you know looking at something I'm not supposed to, you know, getting caught up on, you know, something on the phone or, mm-hmm. or you know, just you know, ha- having impure, th- impure thoughts. Mm-hmm. But whenever I, 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 I would fast, even, even to this day, whenever I fast. Mm-hmm. Every appetite goes. Gone. Mm-hmm. Like there's no temptation. Mm-hmm. There's none. That's what I've been telling people that have been DMing me when I do get in there. Cause I try not to go in there too much because I don't want to create unhealthy relationships with people because some people are not well in their mind. I rebuke that in the name of Yeshua. But I say, like, do a fast. Like, that's the first thing I say is, like, do a fast because you dealing with strongholds and unclean spirits that are beyond the physical. And so you trying to just talk your husband into whatever uh, is uh, not going to fix it. It if. The only physical thing a lot of times that works is a healthy separation. So I can set a boundary. Right. Everything else is is usually spiritual. Straight up. Even in that act, it will lead you to the right physical behaviors to walk in. Like you got to be in line with y'all because what worked for one wife may not work for you. Right. Like a lot of people think, oh, you know, Zara and Ishan... You know, their marriage was this and it was da 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 and they're so in love. And they don't know the times that the boundaries that I had to set. They don't know those hard. I ne- you are my best friend. When I separated from you, that was like tragic to me because right. I tell you everything. I run to you first after y'all. You know that like you my baby. It's like I need my husband. And so to separate is like and then to make, you know, let the kids we on a trip. Yeah, just going on a trip, you know, while I'm hurting. Because I don't know if you're going to come to your senses in this separation. I don't know if you're going to wake up and be like, you know what I mean? Right. So it's it's really hard. But we're going to have to pick this up. We're going to have to make this a part three. Oh, man. So we're going to make this. We're going to make a part three. We're going to leave part two here. We're going to make this a part three. We're going to pick this up All right, let's time. do it. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow Transparency the Podcast on Instagram. At Transparency the Podcast. We'll talk to y'all next time. If there is a next time. Oh my gosh.